What I'm going to share with you today, I think, listen, sometimes God is teaching us. He uses different means of teaching us how to, you know, mold us. And I think one of the things he used for me in the area of waiting was transportation. I'm one of those people, I cannot stand traffic. So I might be driving and then my wife will hear me go, oh no. And my wife will go, what's wrong? I said, there's traffic jam. And she goes, traffic jam, is that why? And God didn't only stop there. Sometimes I'm about to get on a train. I'm going to walk and I'm at a train station. You're waiting. Before you know it, you hear the train has been canceled and it used to get to me. So one morning recently, I'm reading for my early morning devotion. And this scripture in Isaiah 49 verse 23 caught my attention. Isaiah 49 verse 23. It says, kings shall be your foster fathers and their queens your nursing mothers. They shall bow down to you with their faces to the earth and lick up the dust of your feet. Then you will know that I am the Lord. For they shall not be ashamed who wait for me. That actually caught my attention. For they shall not be ashamed who wait for me. So the question I ask myself is, who are those ones who will not be ashamed? Those ones who wait for me. Amen. How many of you have had the privilege of waiting? <laughs> waiting for the, 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 the plumber to come and fix a leak? <laughs> waiting for the gas man to come and take a look at your gas pipe. And sometimes you're there waiting. You're not sure when they're going to come. And as you look at the clock, the clock is ticking by and you're saying to yourself, they said it will come at 11. But it's 11, it's 5 past 11, 10 past 11, and you are getting frustrated. I don't know about you. Most of you here are believers and you're Christians. I get frustrated. Amen. I get frustrated. And I want to ask this to you. Waiting for anything for a long time can be the most frustrating thing you can go through. Our lives, whether a Christian or not, is full of waiting. You might be waiting for a bus. You might be waiting for a train. You might be waiting for the curious service. You might be waiting for your wife and your children to get ready on a Sunday for you to go to church. Hallelujah. Amen. Waiting can be sometimes annoying because you're looking at the clock and it's going and the promised time is slipping by and you wonder, will they ever come? I can confidently say to you that sometimes waiting for God is completely different, but sometimes can be frustrating. Amen. <laughs> it can be frustrating. But I, I have, however, I have come to discover that there's a difference between waiting for and waiting on. Amen. Most times, many of us are waiting for God. There's nothing wrong with that. Are you getting me? 
There's nothing wrong with you waiting for God. But this is what I've come to discover. That many believers over the years have become frustrated, disappointed, lost their faith, given up on God. Some have even compromised their faith because they have waited and waited for their breakthroughs, waited for a spouse, waited for a child, waited for a job, waited for the healing of a loved one, waiting for a prodigal to come home. And because it's not happened, they become frustrated. However, I realize that even in scripture, there's a scripture in Isaiah 40, verse 30 to 31. It says, even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord. Now, can you see the difference? Those who wait for and those who wait on the Lord. He says, those who wait on the Lord will do what? Their strength will be renewed. Amen. So whilst you're waiting for God, you need to learn how to wait on God. Amen. Because it says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Yes, we will all come to a place in our waiting when we become frustrated, when we become despondent, when we feel like throwing in the towel, when we feel like we have had enough, but strength comes to those who wait on and not those who wait for. Amen. Am I making sense this evening? Those who wait for him are expectant and there is nothing wrong in being expectant. But you see, the difference is that those who wait on him serve him. That's the difference. You serve him. Amen. Those who wait on him learn to worship him. Those who wait on him learn to rejoice in him. Those who wait on him learn to trust in him. Do you get the difference? Whilst you're waiting for him, I want you to learn to wait on him. Amen. You see, one of the things I've come to discover is that when you wait for something and it doesn't happen, there's always a choice of getting a substitute. When I am on the train and I'm going to work, I get to the train station. If I miss my train by one minute, I have to wait 30 minutes for the next train. And I've worked it out in my head that when I miss that train, I can always look for another train to get me to where I'm going to. And I want to explain something to you today. That if you're waiting on God, you're not going to look for a substitute. Amen. I want to give you a picture in scripture. The children of Israel, they've been brought out of Egypt. Now they are in the wilderness. And Moses is up there with God, 
chatting with God. And the children of Israel are waiting in Exodus 32. And the next thing they ask is, where is Moses who brought us out of Egypt? He is probably there. Guess what they did next? They said to Aaron, can you get us another God? Amen. Because they had waited for. Let me read it to you. Exodus 32. And I'm going to take it from verse 2. It says, And Aaron said to them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, your sons and your daughters. Bring them to me. So all the people broke off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand and he fashioned it with engraving tool and made a molded calf. Then they said, this is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. Substitute. Because they had waited. Now let me show you another scripture. In the book of 1 Samuel 28, I'm going to take it from verse 4. This is about Saul. Then the Philistines gathered together and came and encamped at Shunem. So Saul gathered all Israel together and they camped at Gilboa. When Saul saw the army of the Philistines, he was afraid and his heart trembled greatly. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, and the Lord did not answer him, either by dreams or by Urim or by the prophet, then Saul said to his servants, find me a woman that will be able to tell me. Are you getting where I'm coming from? In the place of waiting for God, we must learn to wait on him. Because if you do not wait on him, there is a possibility that you will say, I am tired. I have waited. I have prayed. And God has not answered my prayer. So I'm going to do something else. I have heard of people who have waited for God for a spouse. And because they have not found one, they have decided that, well, let's give it up and let me go get married to an unbeliever. But God is saying, those who wait on me, their strength will be renewed. Hallelujah. Your strength will be renewed as you wait on God. I hope what I'm sharing with you will challenge you and bring you to that place where you will say, God, I'm going to learn to wait on you. Amen. I'm going to learn to wait on you. Isaiah 40, 31 says, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. So during those times of seemingly broken dreams, wait on him. During those times of seemingly broken promises, wait on him. During those times of expectation, wait on him. Hallelujah. During those times when you're waiting for God to perform the miracle of healing, to heal the member of your family, to bring the prodigal back. During those times, when it seems as though your prayer is not heard or answered, learn to wait on him. Amen. Learn to wait on him. You know what's interesting? That sometimes waiting for God might seem like you just sit and do nothing. What waiting actually means is a, is a state or attitude of watchfulness and expectancy. 
Waiting on God is like a guest comes into the restaurant and they sit down and you give them the most special attention. Hallelujah. Have you ever been to a restaurant? If you've ever been to a restaurant, when a waiter waits on you, you know what? He gives you the best treatment. He, 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 he asks you, what do you want? He asks you, uh, when you have that, when they've given you everything you want, he comes back and he does. What do you do at the end of the day? When you finish eating and you're about to leave, you give him a tip. And you tip that waiter based on how they have served you. Is that true? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now this is what Jesus says to us for us to understand what it means to wait. Jesus says to us in Matthew 6, 31, he says, therefore do not worry, saying what shall we eat? Hallelujah. You know, I, I love this scripture so much because it's telling me that during that time of waiting, I shouldn't be worried. During those times of I'm waiting for my child to be healed, I'm waiting for things to change in my life, do not worry. I, I want to point you to something Jesus said here. He says in verse 32, he says, For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need. Did you hear that? He didn't say once, he said needs. Hallelujah. Your heavenly father knows your needs. He knows what is bothering you. He knows what is making you cry at night. He knows what's making you sad. He, make, he knows what it is that is drawing you away from fellowship. He knows them. And, but listen to what Jesus says here. Jesus says in verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all the things, all those things you've been waiting for, all those things you've been crying for, all those things you've been panting for shall be added unto you. That's why that scripture says those who wait for him will not be ashamed because he hears the cry of the needy. Hallelujah. He knows your need. He knows you need all those things. But whilst you're waiting for your heavenly father to supply your needs, are you waiting on him? Amen. Are you waiting on him? Waiting on him is seeking his kingdom. Waiting on him is making the things of his kingdom number one. Waiting on him is serving him. Waiting on him is serving other people. Amen. Waiting on him is seeking him. Waiting on him is loving him. Waiting on him is, is spending time in that place and you're saying, Lord, I know it's not working out right now, but you know something? I love you. You know something, there is no one like you. You know something, you're the creator of the universe. You know something, I can search all through eternity and I will never find anyone like you. Let me tell you, people of God, the reason why I have confidence to say this to you, I have been waiting 29 years to see a loved one healed. But I'm still trusting God. 
I'm still waiting on him. I've not given up on him because he has not given up on me. Neither is he given up on you. But you must learn to wait on him. Amen. Let me give you another scripture. This time is Paul speaking to the Philippians church. In Philippians 4, 6 to 7, he says, be anxious for nothing. What is he saying? He's saying, don't fret. Don't be worried. Don't be discouraged. Don't be frustrated. But in everything, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. What is Paul saying here? He says, do not be anxious for those things that you're waiting for. Do not be. But this is what you need to do in prayer. I, I want to share something with you about prayer. Sometimes people have come to me and expressed their challenges, their struggles, and how they have waited for God to heal their marriage to heal their children, to do this, to do that. And I sometimes will give them an answer, which as far as I'm concerned, I think it's the right answer, but they end up being upset. I always say to them, pray. And when I say to them, pray, they become frustrated and they will say to me, but I've been praying. You know what? I always laugh in my heart. And you wonder, why do I laugh in my heart? Because to many of us, prayer is asking God when we're in trouble. Prayer in the minds of some of us is only when there is an emergency. When there is danger. When there is sickness in the family, when difficulties arise. But I want to say something to you that prayer is much more than asking God for something. Waiting on God is a place of relationship. So prayer is relationship. Prayer is intimacy with your heavenly father. I want to say to you today, the highest result of prayer is not for deliverance. It is not for getting something from God. Prayer is knowing God. It is knowing the heart of God. It is knowing what is God saying about my circumstance. What is God saying about my situation? Because when I know what God is saying about my situation, I can walk in confidence and boldness. Amen. It is in your prayer it is in our prayer time that we get to know God. Jesus prays for his disciples in John 17 verse 3. And this is what he says. He says, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God. Hallelujah. And it is in that place of waiting on God. It is in that place of loving God. It is in that place of saying, God, I love you. It is in that place of worship. It is in that place of praise. It is in that place of serving. It is in that place of even though you're going through what you're going through, you're still winning souls. You're still serving in the church. I know of many people who have waited 
for God and what they're waiting for has not come and they've left the church. They've left serving God. It's because they've not learned what it means to wait on God. Amen. You can see that they're two different things. Waiting for, if it doesn't happen, you look for substitute. But when you wait on, you have no choice. Hallelujah. And that's why Paul says that, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Because it is in that place of waiting on him that you receive strength to wait for. It is in that place of waiting on him that you receive the promise. It is that place of waiting on him in prayer, in thanksgiving, that you learn the love of God. That you learn peace because you are hiding in the secret place of the Most High God. Amen. You know, I hear people go during this COVID time, there are many people going about Psalm 91, Psalm 91, and I always laugh because you need to look at the beginning of Psalm 91. It says, he that dwells in the secret place. Are you dwelling in the secret place? Because the secret place is the place of worship. The secret place is the place of affection. The secret place is the place of intimacy. So whilst you're waiting for him, learn to wait on him in that secret place. Amen. This has been a tough time for many people. But those who know his name will put their trust in him. Psalm 9 verse 10 says, those who know your name, will put their trust in you because you will never forsake those who seek you. Amen. God loves you, people of God. But you see, during that time of waiting, learn to thank him. I'll tell you something that baffles me when I read scripture sometimes. It's about Jesus in Luke 11. Lazarus is in the grave. They've sent messages to him that Lazarus is, 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 is sick and Jesus delayed. And finally he got there. Lazarus is still in the grave. Jesus is not moved. He's not anxious. He's not perplexed. And he said something. He says, Father, I thank you because you hear me always. That's birth out of waiting on him and knowing him. Amen. Can you confidently say, Father, I thank you because I know you hear me always and it doesn't really matter what I'm going through right now. I know you hear me always. Hallelujah. Is there someone here who wants to say, I've been waiting for God, but now I want to wait on him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'll just quickly read you some scriptures in Psalm 37, verse 3 to 5. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. Amen. So whilst you're waiting on him, do good. Dwell in the land. Feed on his faithfulness. So whilst you're waiting on him, do good. Serve him. Serve people. Love people. Amen. And whilst you're there, dwell on his faithfulness because God is a faithful God. The fact that I'm alive today, the fact that you're alive today is a testimony to God's faithfulness. is a testimony to God's faithfulness. Verse 5 now says, commit your way to the Lord. So everything about me, 
everything, my wife, my children, my home, commit it to the Lord and you will get to know the faithfulness of God. You will get to know the faithfulness of God. Hallelujah. Then verse 34 says, wait on the Lord and keep his way and he shall exalt you to inherit the land. Amen. But listen to what he says today about the wicked. When the wicked are cut off, you shall see it. So with your own eyes, you will see what God does with the wicked. But you wait on God. Amen. You wait on God. Hallelujah. I, I, I can just imagine in Luke 5, Jesus goes to, to that lake and Peter has been toiling all night. He's caught nothing. And I want to say this to you. If you go back and read that scripture, you realize that Peter has been toiling all night. And when Jesus asked for his boat, Jesus did not ask him what went wrong last night. Jesus did not ask him about his night. Jesus just asked for his boat and he stepped into the boat and Peter had to wait. Amen. He had to wait. It was after Jesus had done what he needed to do. He then turned around to Peter and said, push further. What happened to Peter? Peter caught what he had not caught in years just because he waited and he allowed Jesus to use his boat. Is there anyone here you want to say, Jesus, use my boat. Hallelujah. I'm waiting on you. Use my boat. Even though I'm waiting for you, use my boat. Because I know that you will never forsake those who seek you. I hope I'm encouraging someone today. I hope I'm encouraging someone today. My encouragement for you today is that it does not really matter how long you have waited for God. As long as you wait on him, he will renew your strength. He will guide your mind. He will strengthen you from the inside out. You know what? He always shows up on time at the right time, at the right place and compensates you for your weight. Verse Isaiah 49, verse 23 says, for they shall not be ashamed who wait for me. I am convinced by this scripture that no one who has ever waited on God has ever been put to shame. Abraham waited 25 years. He even laughed at his own situation. His wife, Sarah, laughed at, her, at the thought of having a child. But guess what? When it looked as though it was all over, God showed up. Joseph waited for a fulfillment of his God-given dream. He waited in a pit. He waited in a convoy of, 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 the, of the slave traders, the Midianites. He waited in Potiphar's house. He waited in prison. And even in prison, the butler forgot him, but God did not forget him. I want to encourage you today that you're not forgotten by God. In all the phases of his challenges, God kept renewing his strength as he waited on God. After years of waiting, his dream was fulfilled in a spectacular way. Waiting for God can be unpredictable, but you will never be put to shame when you wait on him. I want to encourage someone today because God 
wants to strengthen you tonight? What is it that you're waiting for? What is it that you have been waiting and believing God for? He says, those will wait on him. On him, he will renew their strength. About 10 years ago, I believe the Lord said to me, he was going to give us a building. And during that period, the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, son, I don't want you to touch this um, gift aid. I want you to put it aside. We began to put it aside. Five years on, I went back to him, God, we've been putting this money aside. Why, why, why have you asked us to put this money aside? He didn't say anything. Another two years, another three years, I went to my wife and I said, darling, I think we have to. My wife said, has God said anything otherwise? Because you see, this is the thing about us. When God has said something, sometimes we want him to change his mind. But he wasn't ready to change his mind because he knew the plans he has for us. And we kept waiting. We kept waiting. 2005, December. 2015, December. We found a building and they said to us, we've got, it was a bid. They said to us, we've got the bid. And whilst we were waiting, they came back and said, oh, wait a minute, you have to pay cash. Cash? No. And they said, okay, we're going back to the table. We're going to rebid again. And then I spoke to the agent. The agent said to me, oh, you can increase it. And so I went back to God. I said, the agent says I should increase it. What do you say? He said, don't. Leave it. So they went back. Came back two weeks later. And we still won the bid. And we were able to get that building. But during that time of waiting for the building, we learned what it meant to wait on God. Because it is in that place he was reassuring. He was opening doors. He was giving us insight. He was talking to us. I want to say to you today, you will not lose anything. You will not lose out if you learn to wait on God because he is a faithful God. 